Welcome to A Slob Comes Clean, the podcast. I am Dana K. White. I share my personal deslobification process as I figure out ways to keep my own home under control. I share the truth about cleaning and organizing strategies that actually work in real life for real people, people who don't love cleaning and organizing. Thanks for joining me today. This is podcast number 403, and I think I'm going to call it getting rid of gifts, like with two question marks after that, because that's daunting for a lot of us, right? And it's January, I think, when this is coming out. And so maybe you've had these thoughts or these stresses occur for you in the last month. But uh, that's not all we're going to talk about. We are also going to talk about what to do once the visible stuff is done. But everything else still feels overwhelming. Uh, But I do want to point out that we're going to talk about how she has been successful with laundry day without a dryer. That's right. This is a question I get from a lot of you who live outside of the US, which our uh, guest does as well. And a lot of people outside of the US don't have dryers. A lot of people inside the US don't have dryers either. But it's just much more common for us here to have a dryer. So I think it's a great conversation. And even if that's not your situation, it is so inspiring. And it's just a reminder that it's all about the routine. It's really almost never about the tools, the machines, all that kind of stuff. It's about the routine. It's always about the routine, right? Okay. This conversation that I'm having is with one of my kindred spirits. If you are interested in knowing more about joining this group, you can go to patreon.com slash a slob comes clean and find out how to join us. Uh, We talk about that at the end, but also if you wish you had somebody you could get clarification from and ask questions from, don't forget that my decluttering coaches I've got over 40 of them, but six of them are participating in a promotion where they are all doing workshops. We have a six-week workshop curriculum that we uh, provide to our coaches, and so six of them are hosting workshops in February and into March, six-week workshops, and you learn the concepts that I teach, but you learn them in an organized format to where you get the whole thing over the course of these six live workshops and they're interactive, meaning they're live. You get to ask questions. You get to ask for, for clarification. You get to participate in discussion. So if that sounds like something you'd be interested in, go to decluttering slash class and find out more. Find out if there's one in your area that's live, or you can join one of the ones that is a virtual session. So uh, I hope you'll check that out, declutteringcoaches.com slash class. All right, here is my conversation. Hi, Kim. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Tell me a little bit about you and your unique life situation. Okay. I don't think it's unique at all. Like, I think that was the one thing that I found really hard filling out the form. It's like, my life's really boring and the same as everyone else's. Um, I have two small children, a one-year-old and a five-year-old. I live in England in a three-story townhouse, so, um, which is a little bit unusual, but it's not that unusual. Um, Unusual uh, for where you are? Yeah, I guess like it's just not that common like it it's a lot of new newer buildings are like this because you obviously get more space internal space for for the land which is always quite hard to come by in England um and that's the expensive part of buying a house so it's kind of becoming more common but I think it's still a little bit on the unusual side um and it makes it a real effort of taking things now when you've got to go to the top floor I know it's only two flights of stairs but it still feels like an effort. it's two flights of stairs like yeah. <laughs> It's hard enough to do one flight of stairs. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, no, that's that's a legitimate thing. Okay, keep going. Sorry. So that's like the the one unique-ish part about my life, I think. Um I yeah, I've said I've got two small kids. Uh, I work part-time, I'm a teacher, I'm also married to a teacher. So that kind of like our, our lives run in terms. So we have like six weeks of really intense work at school, and then we get a couple of weeks holiday and then we go back and forth. So routines are 
constantly being changed and stuff. That's, yes. I think that's about the gist of it. Is it a year round school? It is, but we have like, uh, so we, we do six weeks at a time of term. Uh, I think our school system is quite different to yours. So we'll do six to eight weeks of term time and then either a half term, which is one week or like a, a full holiday, which is two weeks. So at Christmas or at the second week of our Easter break, uh, we'll do another six weeks, get half term, another six weeks, and then we'll get six weeks off at summer. So it's like the holidays spread throughout the year a bit more than you guys. I think you guys get a really long summer holiday, whereas yes. we get a bit more during the year. So we kind of flip between being at school and being it being really intense and then everyone being at home for two weeks and then it's a very different kind of intense and then we're all back at school again so how common is it for uh, a teacher to work part-time uh I mean vaguely common uh I don't know if you can be vaguely common um (laughs) a lot of parents do it so a lot of mothers do it and it's quite an easy job to do part-time because you're just timetabled for the days that you need to work and that's it and they they can work around it and because lots of people are part-time you can kind of job share a little bit in terms of you're only timetable to teach your lessons and then someone else can teach the two days that you're not there sort of thing so yeah I know it does exist some occasionally but you know I was in education at one point and uh-huh. I know that that was something that would be discussed and it was kind of hard to find a place that would let you do that. So I didn't know how common it was there. Yeah, it's quite, particularly in my school, it's quite common. Um, And in my department, there's like, I think there's only six full-time members of staff in a department of 18. So it's quite, like it is quite common for us, but it's not the same everywhere. Wow. Interesting. Okay. Not that that has anything to do with cleaning. I was just curious. (laughs) Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. All right. Well, let's talk about your house and what is working well for you. Um, I think the biggest thing that has worked for us has been um laundry day or washing day as we call it and it's just made such a difference to the routines and everything so my two days off that I have from work I have my daughter one day my son's at school and just managing to get all the washing done on one of my days off and not having to do it at the weekend and not having to do a load I I couldn't keep up with a load a day like my my mum made a comment once of like, Kim, you're always doing washing, but you never have clean clothes. And and it's just now it's not like that. It's like the washing gets done, it gets dried, it gets put away, and then I don't have to think about it for another week. And if something comes up like, you know, the coat's got filthy on a walkout or, you know, the, the other day we decided to wash all of our towels and we could and we have the space to dry it and we have the space in the washing machine to do it. And it just it just makes such a difference. Okay. Two things that you just mentioned. First of all, do you resent doing it on your day off? No, no, not at all. Like I'd rather do it on my day off and get it over and done with than it take up mental space at the weekend when we like to try and do family stuff. Like I can, I fit it in with my daughter and that's fine. Yeah. I'm glad that I don't have to think about it at the weekend. Do you have a dryer? I do, but I don't use it for everything. So okay. we kind of do a lot of hand, uh, hand hanging hanging clothes. Yes. Uh, I tend to do one tumble dry load per week of all the small kids stuff because hanging up small kids clothes makes me want to cry. Um, <laughs> there's so many of them. Yeah. And But the tumble dryer is quite expensive to run. And yeah, we try not to use it for, for much. So logistically, how does it work? Because this is a question I actually receive quite a bit from those who live outside the US and don't have dryers. How do you logistically make it work to do all your laundry in one day and hang it to dry and not feel like it's just everywhere? 
Uh, it is kind of everywhere, but it's in one room. And I sort of tried to leave that room. In the summer, we hang it outside, which is great because then it's, you know, out of the way and not any, and it smells really nice when you dry your washing outside. Right. Uh, this is one of the things of living on a ta- in a townhouse. My dryer is actually on the top floor. So my washing machine's on the ground floor and my dryer's on the top floor. So I lug everything upstairs. Oh my uh, word. <laughs> yeah, we couldn't fit it in the kitchen and it wouldn't work in the garage. And it just, it was the only room in the house that it would fit. So wow. we, but that's okay because it's a bit of a workout carrying it up. <laughs> do you wear um, a smartwatch to tell you that you're getting something out of all I of do. this? Yeah, okay, I good. do. Yeah. I take quite often if I'm carrying two full wet baskets at a time, which I sometimes do, I do have to have a break on the middle floor because it's really hard. Um, But yeah, I've got a, it's it's like a heated era. So it's, um, it's like a clothes horse, but it, it warms up and you put a cover over it and that dries your clothes quicker. Apparently, I don't know how much quicker it does do it, but it seems to work really well. This is um, not your dryer. This is like a different you know, device. Like a clothes horse. So do you have clothes horses? Are they? Are if they we do, them? I don't know about it. Or we maybe like, we call them something else. Yeah, probably. Um, it's like a like a rack with shelves and like bars across it. Yes. Yeah, it's really okay. Described. I would um, think of it as a drying rack. I've always thought clothes yeah. horse was yeah. someone who loved a bunch of clothes. I don't know. <laughs> I don't think I'm using the wrong words. I think yeah. it's a code. You're right. Um, <laughs> you can tell us anything. You could literally call it anything. Okay. And the vast majority of listeners here would understand. And if anybody like from England says she didn't know, I'll just be like, well, you don't know. <laughs> well, maybe it's my part of England that it's called that. You know, we have that's what it is. Yeah, it's one of those, like a rack. Okay. Uh, but you plug it in and it warms it up. That uses hardly any energy. Like okay. compared to the tumble dryer, my husband's a physics teacher. He likes to work out the cost of each electrical appliance in the house. <laughs> We've worked out the tumble dryer costs £2.50 to run a go. And the air, the clothes, horse, dryer, plug-in one is 12p. So it's it's a real big difference in cost. Wow. Um, it's like a lot lower energy consumption and whatnot. And you can fit a lot in it and stuff that I don't like to tumble dry. So like my work clothes, things that I don't want to shrink and um, stuff like that. We tend to dry on the dryer rather than in the tumble dryer. How yeah, long does it take the, to dry it on that? Uh, well, the day. So by the evening, it's dry. If so I if you're start, doing, how many loads of laundry are you doing? I do four. Four. Uh, so Go ahead. Like how many loads no, 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 can you, you go? You go. It's fine. No, I'm so, I'm just so curious because it's a legitimate thing that people ask a lot. Yeah. And so I love hearing your personal experience because I can only say theory on that kind yeah. of stuff. Right. And so I yeah. love this. So, so if you have four loads, you do mm-hmm. one in the tumble dryer, Yeah. you do three other ones and it takes a full day to do this thing. So how many loads does this clothes horse hold? And so this is really getting into logistics of it. Right. Uh, so we, the, the way that we sort our clothes out is we have uh, the tumble dryer load, which is stuff that's purely going in the tumble dryer. And that's the kids' clothes. It's mainly dark clothes, pants and socks and stuff like that. And then I have a white load, a light load, and a dark load for adults. So like my hoodies and jumpers and trousers and stuff like that. That load, nothing gets tumble dried. The other two loads, the light and the white, some of the bits do. So like my my son's school t-shirts are white. So they go in the tumble dryer. So it's kind of, I sort it throughout. So the tumble dryer takes probably about half the washing um, with all the other little bits in it. And then I hang the adult's clothes on the, the dryer, which is going to confuse you even more because that's what you guys call a tumble dryer. So like the clothes for. <laughs> Thing. I had then, figured it out by now yeah. <laughs> what you were um, saying yeah and then we've also got like a washing line in the same room that the tumble dryer's in which my husband the other day said is the best purchase we've ever made it runs the length of the room and it's literally just like an outside washing line but it's designed for inside and so you oh. can retract it at the end of the day um and we hang like the duvets and stuff over that 
and um, so okay. the duvet covers go on that and and it looks a bit like the room is full of clothes and full of drying things but it's a room we don't use that much um we can shut the door and forget about it and then take it all down at the end of the day well and it's one day yeah exactly it's one day where if you did it if you did the same thing and did it here and there or try to do the one load a day or whatever that room would always be that way right I think I would probably use the tumble dryer a lot more so it saved me quite a lot of money Um, interesting yeah yeah and it would there would always be stuff hanging up my husband used to hang clothes like on like the curtain rails in the living room and over the banisters and there used to be clothes everywhere and it just drove me mad and then once we kind of got it all on one day and got this system of this is going to hang here and that's going to hang there and they're going to go in the tumble dryer and it just made it better. And now I don't have to deal with clothes all over the house all the time. (laughs) And I love your say, I love that you said exactly that because I think that for those of us who struggle with overthinking and how is this going to work and what is going to happen, it is very easy. Like I would assume in my brain that doing them all in one day would mean there were clothes everywhere as opposed to a contained space. But part of that, do you think is because of when you are doing only one week's worth of laundry, you're actually doing fewer clothes than back when you were just trying to catch up all the time? Yeah, definitely. So like, like work shirts for my husband, for example, I know that I'm going to have a maximum of five shirts to hang up. And that's all there's going to be. Whereas before it was like, we had to have two weeks worth of shirts in the house and then find somewhere for 10 shirts to hang up and, and my hoodies. And, you know, it was, yeah. So definitely having less clothes to wash means that there's, it's easier to dry them because there's less of them, which makes complete sense when you say it out loud. (laughs) It makes sense, but how do we not know that ahead of time. And I'm saying we, me, like you may have realized he's physics. He may have known that ahead of time. (laughs) I like literally would not have thought it because I didn't know what a huge excess of clothing I had before I started doing laundry day. That was how I figured out, Oh, I have a lot more clothes than I need. Yeah. 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 So yeah, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have worked out if I hadn't listened to the book. So yeah. Love it. Thank you so much for sharing that. I appreciate it. I think that's going to be really helpful for a lot of people just to confirm how this, you know, the, the advantage of laundry day and how the process works and all that. So that's good. Thank you. And I finally have an answer when everybody is like, oh, you can't do that in Europe. You can't do that because we don't have dryers. I'm like, well, go listen to the podcast because yeah, definitely, definitely. It's a lot easier in this because I could just hang it all outside and it dries quicker, but obviously that's like three weeks of the year in the UK. So, um, (laughs) (laughs) but it's good when I can. Yeah, exactly. Enjoy it while you got it. Okay. Tell me another strategy that's having a big impact on your home. I get the take it there now principle, unless it's involves having to go up two flights of stairs is brilliant. Um, It just clears everything so much quicker. Like, yeah it's 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 again sounds really stupid when you say it out loud but of course putting it away is going to make the the house so much tidier than than putting it there for now and I'll deal with that later and or making a pile and then coming back to it and with small kids when you make a pile they destroy the pile in three seconds flat and then everything's spread out all over the place again and yeah so that that's that's another really good strategy that's helped us um massively yeah does it ever encourage you to get rid of stuff so that you don't have to walk up the stairs probably not uh no I don't think so because the the main things that are on our top floor are my son's bedroom and the drying room which is not just the drying room there's obviously other things going on in there as well uh, but not much goes up to those rooms um and not much comes down so I don't really have to think about it that that's much. good that's good okay well what are some of the situations that you would like to discuss today and um, so the first one is like I feel that the visible spaces in our house are, are doing pretty well but once you've done the visible stuff where do you start from then like everything else 
feels overwhelming sometimes like I'll open the wardrobe door and just go nah, not today and close it again and it just feels very overwhelming so sort of where where do you where do you start if everything that you see normally is better it's now the stuff that I can shut away and not think about mm-hmm. but I want to get them sorted right. but I can close the door yeah. Um, so, so when you say that the visible spaces are pretty much done, you mean that when things are put away your house, you feel like, okay, we're good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So what you said was you said, when I open these spaces, I feel overwhelmed. Prioritize according to which one is the most out of control and affects your life. Meaning, let's say that it is a coat closet and it is so stuffed full that yes, when everything's put away, visibly the house looks fine, but we use that closet on a regular basis and we pull out something and it causes three other things to fall out. And then that increases the amount of time. This is all hypothetical. This is all true. I saw your face and I was like, no, I'm just making up a story here. But <laughs> no, it's like you've been in my house and you know what it's like. <laughs> I've been in my house. That's the deal. <laughs> but but so you you pull out a coat, you know, in the regular course of your day with two young children, getting to school, getting to work, and it causes an avalanche of, you know, of stuff that then makes it harder to do the everyday maintaining. And it's just something that kind of gets on your nerves, right? So start with, uh, prioritize according to which spaces that are technically hidden result in visible mess. The goal is to get to everything, right? Like the goal is to get to even that storage space that you only get into one time a year or once every two years or something like that. Okay. We're, our goal is to get there. So we're not saying we're going to do this and then be done. We're just saying we have to have a way to prioritize. Have you experienced the benefit of getting visible stuff decluttered at this point? Um, what do you mean? Like, like, have you, has it made you like your house more? Has it helped your house function more? Yes. Yeah, definitely. It's made my, it's, it's made me feel better. Like I don't think I realized until I really got stuck into decluttering and tidying up and stuff how much it was bothering me that there was just stuff everywhere and you couldn't walk anywhere without tripping over something and I and I don't I don't think we were that bad but like and it was finding things like when you look you know you can't find your purse and you're looking for it everywhere and yeah so I definitely definitely benefited it makes me feel so much calmer and like I can actually sit down and relax. Whereas before it was like, oh, I've got to put that away and I've got to put that away. Mm-hmm. So yeah, no, I've definitely benefited from, yeah. from it. So, so you can go with what is um, most maddening to me. What is causing consistent frustration? And, and uh, so many times that goes right along with function. Like our house will function better if this coat closet is decluttered to the point where we can open it, see exactly what we need, grab what we need without having to shift and move and just get that out. And then it'll be easier to maintain. So that is how, and then, and then you move on to the next day. Okay. What else after we've, you know, tackled this spot using the same process, right? Because you did say, open the door, feel overwhelmed, close the door again. So just remind yourself there's a five-step process. I'm going to look in this closet and just for this defined space, I am going to follow the process. I'm going to look for trash. Surely there's no trash in here. There's trash. There's always trash, you know, and I'm going to get the trash out. I'm going to deal with anything that's easy. I'm going to see if there, because remember those first steps, yes, you're making progress, but you're also adjusting. Your brain is adjusting to the knowledge of what's actually in there, which then helps you be ready for the final steps, you know? And so pulling things out, not all at once. I didn't mean it like that, but like, and dealing with them one at a time, final decision by final decision until you get to the point where you're like, okay, the only things left in here are our coats, our rain gear, you know, or, I mean, this is all hypothetical, right? But our coats are <laughs> lots of rain gear. Everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> but, but that's what's in this closet because that's what we would look for here. And yet it's still out of control. Okay. I'm going to go through the steps, the last part of the steps. I'm going to 
consolidate. I'm going to put all the rain boots together. Oh, that's right. My daughter has outgrown this pair or, okay. The, you know, just doing that process will reveal to you, oh, that's right. I actually have four raincoats and I had forgotten that I bought these others, you know, whatever, but as long as it's all a jumble, it just kind of doesn't register what it is. Mm -hmm. And then you get down to the point where you say, okay, that now that I've consolidated, got rid of the most obvious things, it still is hard to deal with. I wish we could have a raincoat, a light jacket, a sweater, a heavy coat, a medium jacket, but the reality is the space that we have is the space that we have. And so I'm going to, I'm going to admit that, you know what, I actually, instead of wearing a medium jacket, I wear this hoodie, you know, that's just what I really do wear. And so I'm going to get rid of it and you pull out your least favorites, but yeah. So, so does that make sense? Yeah, no, that does make sense. Yeah. Yeah. So find the thing that annoys me the most and work on that until it stopped annoying me and then find the next thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, which is, which is kind of, it goes along with visibility, right? Like it mm, ultimately yeah. does because if the coat closet is constantly spilling out, then that's actually a visible issue. Yeah. yeah. I think, I think we've, I've done that a bit with like, I, I'm sure it was a podcast that I listened to or something where it's like, if it's a drawer that you use all the time, then that's visible because you're always going into it. And I think I've done that to an extent um, so yeah, it's now it's going to be the, the other things that I, that the other places. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. And if it's, and remember too, you can declutter and you're like, I have embraced the realities of this space. It is still getting mm -hmm. out of control. Well, then that's a clutter threshold issue. And maybe it's because of the age of your kids or the whatever, but we need to have less stuff because it is still, even though technically it all fits, I'm still not able to handle all this. So I need to have yeah. less. So. Yeah. I think, I think clutter threshold is something I haven't quite got to yet. Although yeah. I think, I think I've got it for certain items yeah. and like in our bedroom, like our master bedroom, that I think is fine. But other things it's still like, I still think coats is a really good example. We've got way too many coats. So yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Well, and with that, you know, I'm thinking of the coat situation and I'm like, sometimes it's, I bought a bunch of cute coats, you know? And so it's like, but they're all cute, but in reality, I don't, I maybe, you know, if space is the issue and clutter threshold is the issue and I haven't met either of those or one of those, then then at some point, maybe I don't need three different brown coats or whatever, you know, maybe I need, you know, <laughs> yeah. like I'm going to pick my favorite brown coat and leave that in and get the other two out. But yeah, yeah, yeah that makes sense. My new digital picture frame from Aura is honestly my new favorite thing. It is a beautiful frame that displays a new photo every 10 minutes. Y'all, I'm delighted every time I walk by my beautiful Aura frame. One frame, lots and lots of photos that I can enjoy. That is a great solution for what can be a clutter problem, right? So how does one frame show so many photos? Well, I preload photos onto the frame using a super simple app that Aura has. I have also shared the app with my kids so they can add photos to my frame anytime from wherever they are. Now that my kids are all traveling and moving to different cities, this is like a mama dream come true. So we are also loading up a frame with pictures for my mom for Mother's Day. It only took me two minutes to get started using my Aura app. You can upload an unlimited number of photos, invite others to share photos directly to your frame with no fees or memberships. Right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A frames.com. Use code CLEAN at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Projects, so many projects. Taking care of all the things gets overwhelming. So when I get that feeling of overwhelm, I know I need to take steps to make my mental well-being a priority. 
having someone to talk to, like a better help therapist, can really help. This time of year is always busy, but with my youngest child graduating from high school, we have lots of extra projects that need my attention. I know from experience that these are the times when it feels extra helpful and essential to talk through my emotions with my therapist. BetterHelp makes it easy to connect with a licensed therapist. The online platform simplifies the process. It's accessible and affordable. After answering a short questionnaire, you can choose whether you prefer to meet via phone call, video, or live chat, and you can plan your sessions at your convenience to suit your schedule. Find your social sweet spot with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash clean today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash clean. Getting the most out of your grocery dollar can be challenging these days, to say the least. Having a focused plan for meals is the very best way that I have found to stay on budget. And that is why I love Prep Dish. Every week I receive an email from Prep Dish with a meal plan and grocery list already made for me and step-by-step instructions for the one hour prep session that sets me up for mealtime success all week long. And yes, I said one hour prep for a week's worth of dinners. That means I'm saving time as well as money. Choose from four meal plans to fit your eating style. Gluten-free, paleo, low carb, and super fast. I really, really like Prep Dish's super fast menus. So I don't have to turn to takeout or processed convenience foods to feed my family fast. It's a game changer for working moms. The founder, Allison, is offering listeners a free two-week trial to try it out. Check out prepdish.com slash a slob comes clean for this amazing deal. Again, that's prepdish.com slash a slob comes clean for your first two weeks free. This is a no brainer. All right. What's another situation that you want to talk about? Children's clothes. Um, so at the moment they're under control, like they've got the right number of everything and they're good. Uh, but I know that they're going to have a growth spurt in, you know, a few weeks, a few days, whenever, and just keeping up with those constant changes to their wardrobes, what clothes they need, the different seasons, without it leading to, again, like overwhelm. I think overwhelm is something that I, that I struggle with a lot. So yeah, just how, how to keep up with the, the constant need for the change of things, if that makes sense. By the way, you know, you're, sorry, if this is, totally irrelevant enough point whenever you say does that make sense or like do you understand I do that as well and I've started saying to my kids it's not because I don't think that you don't understand me it's that I think I I'm not making any sense when I say things (laughs) and I totally picked that up from you (laughs) I love it yeah because sometimes hardly anybody cares but every once in a while there's someone who has to make a point and they're like that implies that you think that we're not smart and I'm like that's not what it is it's me (laughs) I'm like I I, am I just jumbling words out is it is it coherent at all uh yeah I've I've massively picked that up from you of of the making sure that it's they know it's not me (laughs) checking that they understand things yes yes exactly (laughs) okay see we'll 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 teach the world that's what we really mean mean. (laughs) yeah sometimes I've been talking for two minutes and I'm like I wonder what I was talking about (laughs) And I'm like, uh, I, I wonder, I wonder where I started with all of this to have ended up right here, you know? Anyway. Okay. So let's talk about the kids clothes. Yeah. Here is the good news about from two different angles. Okay. There comes a time where they stop growing, which is sad. And at that point, their feet are hairy and gross and ugh. anyway, but So enjoy the little feet right now. That's my number one advice. But when they get to that point, it's like, okay, yeah, we don't have um, the need to buy a whole new wardrobe all the time because they're, you know, they've been wearing the same thing for several years. But then it makes me realize that the advantage of the stage that you're at is to remember your clothes are like a river, right? So think of them as flowing into your house and flowing out of your house and flowing into your house and flowing out of your house. Now, obviously there can be other factors like what if we had more kids someday? What if blah, blah, blah. But the beauty of it is like they're, they grew out of something. They're never going back to that again at this stage, right? Like it's, Mm -hmm. you know, which is actually kind of hard on a mama's heart. So I didn't mean to say that flippantly, but I think that's one of the things I struggle with is like, oh, but I loved them in that outfit. And yeah, it's really hard. 
at that point, it becomes a sentimental item, which is fine, right? Like it's fine for it to be sentimental, but it doesn't go in the same container as a sentimental item that it does as useful clothing. And so it's like, okay, now I have a keepsake box or a memory box or whatever you want to call it. And this is my space or a memory space on my a memory shelf, you know, like this is where I put it. So it doesn't have to be a, an amazing box or whatever, but it's like, this is the space that I have for their things from when they were little that are memories for me. Okay. So at that point I determined, does it deserve space in that, that container of that? Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as like the actual, like clothes that are going, coming in and going out, I just, and that's how I'm, I try to think of several things in my life, even things that aren't like this, that are constantly going, it's like, you know what? I can let that go because more is going to come in behind it. Like that is just, I don't want to be the stagnant water. I want to be the flowing, beautiful, you know, in and out of my house, like let this go because I know that something else is going to come in. And and so with the clothing, that's a little ambiguous. So I know it may not be very helpful, but, uh, but with the clothing, that's kind of the, you know, the idea of like, okay, they are going to have to have new things come in. So it is a constant, it is a constant of that. Now with the older kids, what can end up happening is it's like, oh, they don't grow out of things. And so now they have to make the hard decisions, right? Like Mm -hmm. about what do I still like? What do I still wear? You know, that kind of thing. Um, what would I go looking for all that, you know, but so it's kind of like, okay, let's take advantage of the fact that at this age, this is the reality is, you know, the vast, yes, I'm going to keep a few things because I'm sentimental and I want to, and remember you want good feelings from sentimental stuff. You're going to get really good feelings from those super cute outfits. You're going to get really negative feelings from boxes and boxes full of outfits, right? They're getting, they're getting the stuff out. Like I got a lot better at when we just had my son, I kept nearly everything I wish I'd have known about the container concept, which I kind of came to my own understanding of before I got into listening to you of like, well, I'm only going to store this box worth of stuff because we've run out of space in the loft and we can't store anymore. And we had to stop accepting like, oh, I've got this bundle of kids clothes. Do you want it from relatives and stuff? We had to just say like, we haven't got the, we haven't got space to store it. So I kind of got quite good at that because I just had to, like I, I, couldn't store everything yeah so the the getting rid of, and the keeping the sentimental stuff and again I feel like I'm quite good at it um I have plans to make like a memory blanket I do I like sewing and like I'm quite crafty so that is something that I'm looking forward to making when I've got you know all, all the stuff um and I've got the box to keep that in and again it's it's a container and once it's full I'll start replacing bits and being like well I like that one more than that one and so I guess it's the kind of the actual in the moment when they've all of a sudden grown out of these like trousers and but they haven't grown out a t-shirt so you can't just gut everything all at once you can't just get rid of the whole wardrobe because they still fit in half their clothes but they don't fit in the other half the clothes and it's it's kind of that working out how to to deal with it and I just end up normally sitting on the floor crying because it's just it's just I'm too sorry. much to think about do you yeah. have an ongoing uh donate box we do I do so for both of them I've got a box that when I realize something doesn't fit them anymore I put it straight in the box my husband does the really annoying thing of he'll make them wear it one more time and then it'll go in the wash and then it'll go back in with all their clothes and then they'll wear it again and he'll so they end up wearing too small stuff all the time it's then going yeah it's then I guess then once the box gets full and then I have to work out where it's going to and stuff I just find a bit stressful mm-hmm. I don't really think there's a solution to that other than just get over it and you know do the sentimental stuff and send the other stuff on I, I struggle with knowing where to send it to like I feel like I should gift it to other people because people gave it to us but I don't know anyone with kids the right sizes so yeah it's what I did like for some reason I find it hard to give to charity shops children's clothes I like them to go to people um, and then to add to that my mum makes a lot of their clothes 
And so I kind of feel like those pieces, I really do want them to go to someone that I know will really appreciate them. And not every charity shop will take homemade items because they haven't got sizes on them and stuff. So yeah, that, that's it's the, the sorting through the box, the donate box is the, is the tough part I find. That's hard. Do the charity shops like go through the clothing and say, we'll take this and not that? Sometimes it depends how full they are. Sometimes yeah. they'll just take it, but I know that they don't always take it. And I'd rather not give it the chance to go to landfill. Like I would like someone I know to have this. And I've now I've got a friend with a boy who takes my son's stuff. Um, not so much with my daughter. Everyone outgrows all my kids so quickly. <laughs> They're both really tiny. Do you um, have um do you have any kind of Facebook group where you could, or do you feel like on Facebook you could say, Yeah, I want to give I just, you know, because I think it's one of those things where it's like, I just, um, filled up a box. You don't have to give any explanation, but just say, I filled up a box of stuff that my kids have outgrown. I'm going to set it on my porch. Somebody come and get it. Yeah. I could do that too. Yeah. Which would be the giving it to somebody because here, here's the thing. When you were first talking, I was like, nope, you just got to give it to the, you know, not that I ever say anything that harshly, but you know what I mean? Like, no, you, you, you know, let's, let's talk about how to make sure that you can give it to the to the charity shop, but you have a unique situation in that it's homemade and which is super cool, right? Like, which makes the clothes even cooler and yet they can't go to the charity shop because of that. So, yeah, I mean, just like fine, because through that too, uh, you kind of give yourself that I'm a big fan of like, what one thing can I do to set the ball rolling? You know what I mean? Because when I look at it as a 16 step process, I'm like, I'm out, I'm just never going to do it. And that's when it just sits there. Right. So it's like, what one thing can I do? So the one thing I can do is put on maybe your personal Facebook. I'm not sure how, you know, what your situation is with that, but put it on there and say, I have a box of clothes. Some of them are big, some of them are small, but they are things that my, you know, daughter who wears such and such size just grew out of. Okay. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm putting them out here free for whoever wants them, you know, and, and through that, sometimes it can be, you don't know somebody, but somebody else knows somebody where if you needed to make six connections to meet the person, you might never do it. But if you can do the one thing of putting it out there and saying, and, and then sometimes that's also the, the matter of, well, I tried. You know, it's like, I have tried now, so maybe that will let me let it go because, but it's tough. Is it an option? And I don't, I don't know how this all works, but is it an option to somehow write the size on things to, I think they're awkward sizes. So like my mom makes them sort of to measure, not quite, but like my son is really slim like there's nothing of him he takes after his dad um and so he's got like a I think an age three waist but age five length so they're slim but long so they wouldn't fit a normal three-year-old who's like an average size so it's I like I said with him I've got one friend who's got a son who's quite similar like really tall but quite slim so I've been passing stuff on to her, which has been great. Um, and then my daughter's kind of the same. She's just really small. <laughs> um, so it's, although it's, I could put the size on it, it's awkward sizes. They're not yeah. like a standard size because they're sort of made to measure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and putting that in the description of, you know, yeah. my daughter is, um, slimmer that, you know, and, and taller or some, you know, whatever that, mm-hmm. that how you would describe it and then, uh, just put on there, but, but it is tough, but at the same time, you can't have it in your house. And so what, you know, you're, you're doing the best that you, you, you're doing the perfect thing. I mean, like as perfect we don't do anything perfect, you know <laughs> what I mean? Like, you know, you, you have a set space for these future quilts. You are letting that be the limit, blah, blah, blah. But how do we get rid of these specialty items? the ultimate thing is you got to get rid of them. So it's like, Mm -hmm. what small thing can you do? Because hopefully at some point you're going to make a connection with somebody who, I mean, once somebody figures out that your kids are custom made and they're actually going to fit their kid too. 
oh, they'll be there in 20 minutes, you know, when you yeah. post it on Facebook yeah, the next time. Yeah, actually, I've never really thought of it like that before. Um, because if lots, lots of people try to give us clothes, like school uniform for my son, some friends donated, like gave us some that their son had just grown out of. And I was like, these, these aren't going to fit him. So there's no real point us having them. But if someone had said, oh, I've got a really slim age four trousers, do you want those? I'd be like, yeah. Yeah, I would. So that you're absolutely right. Like there will be someone else with the same situation as me who would want those clothes. So yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's it's tough. It, it it's tough, but but also the action of giving it a shot mm. is very freeing. You know, as far as then making the less than ideal situation, you know, the decision less than ideal decision. Yeah. That's what I meant to say. Yeah. Okay. Anything else with that? I don't think so I think yeah it's and I liked when you said like the one thing that you can decide so when I go through the boxes of clothes for my son is the older one and um, my daughter's on I'm also thinking like would she wear this is she gonna want a pair of leggings are they too boyish I don't like the idea of boys clothes and girls clothes so much but that's another decision making process to make but like you said if I can just do one decision so like okay I'm gonna decide on three pairs of shorts that I'll keep for for my daughter then I can do that and then that's those decisions done and then I don't have to think about that bit anymore and then maybe tackle it again another day when I've got a bit more capacity to to think about those things so yeah well and even fewer decisions than that would be the this is the container I have for clothes that are iffy on whether or not she would actually want to wear them when she got to this size this is what I have, you know, he's five and she's 18 months. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So there's, you know, there's several years in there anyway. And so it's like, I would be storing them. So this is the amount of space that I have. And then having that be a container. And again, even without thinking it through, just knowing there's a limit to the space and what you can keep often makes you realize I don't need to agonize over this. It's this, yes, this, no. Like there's just something about it that frees yeah, that, makes sense. Yeah. that thought process. So. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Getting the most out of your grocery dollar can be challenging these days to say the least. Having a focused plan for meals is the very best way that I have found to stay on budget. And that is why I love Prep Dish. Every week I receive an email from Prep Dish with a meal plan and grocery list already made for me and step-by-step instructions for the one hour prep session that sets me up for mealtime success all week long. And yes, I said one hour prep for a week's worth of dinners. That means I'm saving time as well as money. Choose from four meal plans to fit your eating style. Gluten-free, paleo, low carb, and super fast. I really, really like Prep Dish's super fast menus. So I don't have to turn to takeout or processed convenience foods to feed my family fast. It's a game changer for working moms. The founder, Allison, is offering listeners a free two-week trial to try it out. Check out prepdish.com slash a slob comes clean for this amazing deal. Again, that's prepdish.com slash a slob comes clean for your first two weeks free. This is a no brainer. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com. What's uh, another situation that you wanted to talk about? The guilt surrounding gifted items. So things that I've been gifted, I I get I feel really guilty if they aren't being used or if I don't want them anymore or if I never wanted them in the first place um and then I struggle to get rid of them because I just feel really bad that somebody has spent time and money and effort to sorry I get I get really upset when I'm talking about it um that someone has spent time choosing something that either I'm not going to use or I don't want I just find that really hard yeah and I don't know how to deal with that emotion behind it sorry no I mean it it means that you're a 
kind and loving person and appreciative person. So I, mm-hmm. I mean, but at the same time, you need your house to be under control. So like, oh, yeah. how do we find that balance? So what is something that you purchased that you have recently decluttered? Just anything. Um, I guess like a load of stamps for like card making. Okay. Yeah. I got rid of a load of those. Okay. Did you uh, put thought into buying those? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I depict what one I wanted to do. Yeah. Okay. When you got rid of them, did you, were you mean to yourself or anything like that? Or were you just like, no, it's time to go. Yeah. No, I was just like, yeah, I don't use these. They're yeah. Baking day. yeah. So it is normal and natural for things to leave your house. It just is. Yeah. And even things that someone put thought into, it is normal and natural for things to leave. It's part of life. It's hard, right? But the the stamps, you put thought and effort into, you know, envisioning how you were going to use them. Am I going to spend my money on these? All of that. So those came in with a lot of thought. These other things just ended up in your house because someone gave it to you out of love and kindness. And you felt gratitude, right? When they gave it to you, because you, you still feel that gratitude because you feel honored that they thought of you, but things have to leave the house. It's, it's just a fact of life. Like if the house is going to stay under control, Steph has to be constantly leaving it. And so kind of taking it away, taking away the who gave it to me and instead making it just about its stuff and some of it has to leave, you know? So when it's a thing that I can give a place of honor to, then I am absolutely going to do that when it's something that has purpose and value, but otherwise I'm not going to elevate it above the things that I have bought myself and do need. I'm not going to make it, I'm not going to give it an extra oomph just because of who bought it. Now, sometimes that is the whole value is the sentimental part of it, right? Like is the, who bought it for you and what they meant to you or whatever. And so it deserves space just because of that. And that is perfectly fine. But if it doesn't deserve space because of that, or, and doesn't deserve space because you're not going to use it, then it's, it's the house. I mean, you said it earlier, people want to give me clothing And I tell them, you know, we just don't have the space to store that we have family, we have friends, we have well, many people who want to give me these things. And I had to say, no, it's the same concept. Okay. It's either sentimental enough that it deserves space, even though it has no purpose because I'm going to keep it, you know, because of all the feelings that are attached to it. But if it's, negative feelings attached to it. Like I really can't stand this thing and I don't even want it in my house. And it's constantly ending up all over the floor or falling out of the cabinet or whatever, then I'm blaming the space. And I'm saying, I absolutely, it meant so much to me that this person thought of me and put this time in. Oh, I am really going to appreciate that as I let it go because I don't have space. You know, so it's like you, the thought does count. Like it is still the thought that counts. You are putting a lot of emphasis on that, but you're also acknowledging the reality of of your space. Is that helpful at all? Or does that just make you go? No, no. it really is. Um, Yeah, no, it really does help. I don't know why I'm getting so stupidly upset about it. No, Um, I think it's very understandable. And because you're so appreciative, people probably love buying stuff for you, which is hard, right? Because it's like, then you have more stuff. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so, so, so if, you know, is it an issue of what you're going to say to them or, or them not understanding, or is it just an issue of you feeling bad? Yeah, it's just, oh God, I'm so sorry. Um, it's just <laughs> you're me fine, feeling bad. Fine. Like stupid things. Like, Oh God. Um, like a lot of it was by baby clothes. Yeah. And um, like 
parent, my parents' friends buying baby clothes. And then I'm really sorry. I don't know why I'm crying. No, do not be sorry. <laughs> because I think a lot of people are going to relate to exactly how you're feeling. Like, yeah, like um, uh, as long as you know, it doesn't sound like snotty and horrible. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's like, so a lot of it was, when I think about it, I think of the baby clothes that people bought that they never fitted into because it was the wrong season or stuff like that. Yeah. I'm really sorry. But, but also think about if they bought those baby clothes, I, I'm just going to tell you as somebody who has hairy, big footed children. No, okay. <laughs> my daughter does not have hairy feet, but oh my word, my voice. Anyway, <laughs> I, my joy is in the shopping for the baby clothes. Yeah. Like I, I, get, I love, I love baby clothes. So I cute. love shopping for baby clothes. They are so much fun to shop for. And I do try to think about the season and the size that they could be, but you know, but it is fun just having a reason to go into that area of the store. I really enjoy that. And so they have already experienced the joy. I guarantee they do not want you feeling resentful or guilty over those clothes, right? They don't like, they don't want that. And so to remember too, it's like, have appreciate it and be excited about thinking about maybe somebody who doesn't have, well, now I'm going to get emotional, but somebody who doesn't have loved ones and doesn't have family, who's going to be in the charity shop and is going to find something brand new that I mean, and how, how much joy that's going to bring them, or it's going to bring the grandmother who can't afford the fancy things, but who goes to the charity shop and she's going to buy it for her. Gra- I mean, so it's like, it's that river flowing of like, let it go because a flowing river stays sparkly clean. Right. I mean, still don't drink the water, everybody, but like it stays that you know, if you, if you have to drink water out in nature, you want to drink it from the riving, the, the riving the flowing river or stream, you do not want to drink it from the stagnant water, right? Mm -hmm. Like if it stays in the house, that's when it gets buried. It, you know, becomes yellowed or whatever over time and it doesn't get enjoyed, but to let it go on out means it's going to get enjoyed for what it really is. Yeah, no, you're right. Like I think, I don't know if part of the problem is I hate, I hate buying gifts I really struggle with it because I worry that they're not going to like it or it's not going to fit or like uh, if like I'm buying end of term gifts for my for teachers my son's teachers and stuff I like agonize over it for about a week of like what if I buy them a coffee voucher and they don't drink coffee and and I worry that people have put put that thought into me and then I've not been able to use it or I don't like it or you know it's it's a toy that's got a thousand pieces and it just drives me mental but they put that thought into it and they think we'd like it and I I think that's where it comes from I find it really hard and, and I think too that there are definitely people who put that much thought into it and I think there are definitely a lot of people who did not yeah. you know like <laughs> they just went oh baby stuff ah! you know yeah. and I want to buy that like that sounds fun to me. And oh, I know exactly who I could give this to. So now I have an excuse to buy it, you know? So I, I do just think that, that, that I, I guarantee none of them wants you miserable over it. Yeah. You know, sure they don't. and you don't want your teacher miserable over it. Right. Okay. So let's say you agonize over the coffee voucher or gift card is what we would call it, but yeah. you agonize over that you give it to someone, do you want them to feel guilty every time they open up their teacher drawer at their desk and see it and feel this need to hide from you that they don't like coffee 
and blah, blah. Or would you rather than be like, oh, you know what? I can give this to my sister-in-law because she loves coffee. And which, yeah, no, which, which of those would you choose for them? <laughs> Definitely that. Cause that like, that's happened to me before with like, um, bottles of wine and stuff. I don't drink wine, but I know lots of people that do, and I just pass it on to them. So yeah, it's, yeah, that's, that's yeah. 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 So, so putting yourself in that and saying, I, if it's just paralyzing me in this situation and I can't let go to say, okay, I have got to reframe how I'm thinking about this because it is the reality of my space is the reality of my space. And I can be appreciative without keeping it in my house. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, that's great. So, um, is there anything else you want to talk about? I feel like this has been a bit of a therapy session. Um, <laughs> I am not a therapist. I am not a mental health professional. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, not really. Um, I think the only thing I'd, other thing I'd touch on is like identity cluster, which I've just started like getting into. I know you've got that new audio. Product. It's not a book, yeah. but it's a, yeah. Um, <laughs> the audio, it's not a book, but it's a, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I'm glad you know what I meant. Yeah, yeah, um, I exactly. Uh, yeah, so I think I need to get into that a little bit because one of the the things I struggle with in a room that I don't see very often, which happens to be the, the drying room, it's like full circle, <laughs> um, is a lot of craft supplies. And like, I don't have time to do them anymore, but I feel like it's part of my identity. And again, a lot of the stuff was gifted. And I just really, like, I really struggle with, with realizing that I'm not, the person that I thought I was going to be if that makes sense I would love to be able to do all of my craft things that I've got but I in reality I just don't have the time for it so yeah, yeah I, that's one thing that I've got to work on so I'm going to listen to your book, book that's not yeah. a book and yeah but if you've got any tips on yeah anything. I think I think you had talked you mentioned briefly that um clutter threshold is something you you don't feel like you're there yeah, no, and, not. and also, you know, the identity thing maybe collected a lot of craft supplies, assuming this was the kind of mom that you would be. Although you have mentioned that you do. So you have mentioned that you got rid of stamps and didn't feel that bad about it. Um, you know, so it's like, you're, you're, you're in a good place to be able to do this. So think along those lines and remember giving up craft supplies at this phase of your life where you have young children and your reality is that you just don't have the time or the bandwidth, the capability to be able to do all those things, giving up some of them to make you less overwhelmed with your stuff, that will give you bandwidth to maybe be able to figure out the things that you can do at this time in your life. So it's like having less stuff makes it easier to use the stuff that you do have, which then allows you to figure out, okay, this crafting identity, how does that play out at this actual phase of my life? Yeah, that, that makes complete sense. Like it's the, it's the working out what, what I do have time to do and the, the, the space and the capacity to, to do, because I, it's, it, the thinking about things and the planning it and that like I love sewing I do patchwork and stuff but it's a big project like it takes up a lot of space and you have to it takes up a lot of time and you have to get all the little pieces together and you have to be really precise with it and I just I can't yeah. I can't do that right now I just don't like if I get time to do something for myself it's, it's like an hour at a time so I need to do something quickly so yeah it's gonna I think if I look at it from a from a sort of new pair of eyes of like well these are the things that I can do now and I'll work out what to do with the other stuff whether it's you know put it into long-term storage in the loft which I've been really good at one one in one outing the loft oh good um, so whenever I know that like we've just stored a piano up there because we don't have it's like an electric piano not a like oh a I was like how did you get a piano up there <laughs> <laughs> it comes apart um, okay but we knew that we don't have the room for it in the house at the moment, but my son might like to play it when he's older. But so we were like, well, we'll put it in the loft, but I've got to get out like six boxes worth of stuff first because otherwise it's not going to fit. So I'm getting better at that. So yeah, maybe it's 
like working out if there are some things I can store for the future like my sewing machine I'm not going to want to get rid of but I know that I don't use it at the moment and if I wanted to do some sewing I'd probably just go to my mom's house which is a four minute walk away and she's got a sewing machine so and she can watch the kids while you do that (laughs) yeah she would love to do that um so yeah yeah that's that's a really good way of looking at it of like what do I have the space for in my life right now and what can I do with the rest of it whether it's get rid of it or store it somewhere or yeah yeah, that makes sense okay well tell me what you love about being a kindred spirit I this is where I thought I sounded a lot like Emma from the previous podcast and I like all the stuff that she said basically um it's just like a really safe space Um, You don't get many spots on the internet and social media that's friendly and kind. And you can put a post up of like, I just felt massively overwhelmed by this space. I don't know what to do, which is what I did a couple of, like a month ago. And people give you good advice and they, you know, they're giving you real, that they've been through. So it's not just someone saying, oh, I know you've said this a lot of a place for everything and everything in its place. So that doesn't mean anything to people like me like that doesn't make sense so having people who get it and who have been through it themselves and are dealing with their stuff to give you advice is just brilliant and I really love we have like a daily buddy thread of where you're going to post like you can post what you're going to achieve that day Uh, I love that because it really helps me get my to-do list sorted like I'm a list person Mm -hmm. and I always like try to focus on a couple of things I'm going to get done so I love that I really want to do one of the calls I haven't managed it yet it's the time Mm -hmm. the time difference has been a bit too wonky um and like I think I was at work at the one that I could have done but yeah 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 hopefully we we switch them morning afternoon evening yeah so it just kind of like hopefully people will hit here and there but um But it's on that I got the time difference wrong and I thought it was like eight in the evening and it was midnight and I was like, yeah, no, I'm not gonna stay up. I know. I well, and it's funny because I'll be like, oh, which one? And I can never remember which one it is, but there'll be one and it's like we have all of our Australians on there. And then there'll be one and we have all of our, you know, people who are from, you know, in in Great Britain and all that. Anyway, so it's just like it's funny, and I can't remember which one is which for you know, people to show yeah. up, but love it. So, well, thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate this. I think it's going to be very helpful for people. Um, thanks for sharing in your beautiful accent, all of this. <laughs> and I'm so proud of myself for not saying garage. And <laughs> I, I mimic accents too. I mimic people from the North. I do okay. it really badly. So yeah, I, that makes I me feel better. I I get really worked up when I'm talking to someone so I'm going to copy their accent and they're going to think I'm weird and <laughs> I'm not like trying to take the mick I just I can't help it I just it's so fascinating to right and I want I want to know if I can sound like that <laughs> yeah I know that I can't I'm terrible at accents and I don't do it for anyone else like any other any other accent other than like northern England and that's the only one do it and see I'm not gonna ask you to do it even though I really okay after we stop recording I want you to do something okay no I can't I can't (laughs) (laughs) didn't y'all love that and didn't you love her accent too I know are y'all proud of me for not trying to also have an accent it's not even really trying it's honestly I have to try not to suddenly have an accent anyway uh, but I thought this was a great conversation and I hope you found it uh, helpful and inspiring don't forget couple of things. If you want to know more about being a patron of the show and getting to apply to do one of these sessions, you can go to patreon.com slash a slob comes clean. Also, don't forget, we've got our classes. And I'm sure that there's a little blurb here at the end that you're going to hear that will talk about the uh, classes so that my coaches are doing. All right. I will talk to y'all later. Bye.